Hi, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. And I am here today with one of my dearest friends who has come from France. Yes, you heard it, you're right. She, Jamie Slear, if anyone, I always pronounce her name the correct way, but her mother changed it. It's a long story. <laughs> anyway, Jamie is here promoting her book at Melissa's, if people know Melissa's Produce, international company. And her book is called Orange Appeal. Now, I know Jamie's book because I baked from it before and it was absolutely delicious. And I, But I did refuse to put one of the syrup sauces on the cake because I thought it was great the way it was. And she kept texting me from France saying, you put the syrup on there, bitch. Okay? <laughs> if that tells you something about our relationship. Anyway, welcome, Miss Jamie. Hi. So here she is. We are sitting in the oh-so-ultra-hip, ultra-hip uh, Ace Hotel downtown. And we are doing two podcasts today with Jamie. I don't know when they're going to air. Diane talked to Jamie about her book a lot. And we'll be posting, of course, Cindy posts on our website some of the delicious recipes so people can share them, look at them, and you might find out you want to buy the book, which is available on Amazon.com. So I have to tell you a little bit about Jamie because this is what I want to talk about. Jamie and I met, I think, I don't know how we met. We met through IACP or Mutual Friends. Jamie's blog, Life's a Feast, I was aware of really early on. And I think Jamie is a tremendous writer, okay? Beautifully written. But then we got to meet at IACP and we probably had, oh, maybe two, 1,200 glasses of wine together. <laughs> Luckily, she doesn't drink much, so I, you know how I do that. I drink mine, and then I get hers when she goes to the restaurant. I used to just follow you around that, at parties. There you go. As you drink, and I would kind of tail, See? trail after this you. This is called a wing girl. This yes. is called a wine girl. You always fascinated me. Well, and rightly so. <laughs> Did you hear that, Cindy? I want Cindy to hear these things about me. Anyway, we went to parties. We went to ICP. We've met at conferences together, and we do have many mutual friends. So uh, what's fascinating listening to me and I'm going to make Jamie tell you this how she got to France okay so this is she's telling me this we're probably on a double bed in some really kind of crappy hotel that we're all paying too much money for the rooms and I had enough wine <laughs> she stopped following me as we say and we're sitting on the end of the bed and I said how in the hell did you end up marrying a French guy and moving to France no I moved to France and then married the French guy I know but okay excuse me how did that happen <laughs> I was I graduated college and I worked a little bit in Philadelphia. Then I got a job offer in New York uh, to manage an art gallery space for two dealers. Yeah, I went to New York and started working and just realized that everything was wrong. All my decisions for the past <laughs> ten years had been wrong. And oh, I hate I those days. <laughs> But usually I'm hungover. See, I know you, you were probably stone cold sober when you oh, decided yeah. that. Um, maybe I should have been drinking. Um, and no, you know, wrong job, wrong city, everything was wrong. Plus, you know, just the whole, if I dare say it, the whole political situation was getting me Oh, and you didn't know what well. was coming, did you? Probably you probably did. saw it oh, coming. God. It was the beginning. For me, it was the beginning. And so one day I said, I can't stay here anymore. I gave my bosses notice. I gave my landlord notice. I tried to give away my furniture and belongings and stuff and I 
couldn't, so I And how old were you at this? I was 25. Okay, this yeah. is fabulous. I cashed in a... I had no money. I was going to say, I bet you just... I no you were money. rolling in dough, though, right? No, I was living basically <laughs> paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, and so, I cashed in a bond... So it couldn't my, get any worse. <laughs> right. I, well, I... I Cashed in a savings bond my dad had bought me when oh I was born. God. It was a val- it had like increased in value to a whopping four hundred and fifty dollars. Oh well, you were rich. <laughs> I was rich, and I literally packed up everything I couldn't give away in big black trash bags and dumped them on the sidewalk in front of my building. And I took two suitcases and my four hundred dollars, and I got on a plane to France. I love the story. And then the next couple of years, I would run out I think I remember it was like 1400 francs for a one-way ticket back to the states so when I was down to 1400 francs I would go to the airport I would fly back I would temp for two or three months and then fly back and two years later I met um Jean-Pierre and I married him and he stayed now did you speak French before you got there I thought I did (laughs) that's the best we oui, we oui. well I'm I'm you know I'm a linguist practically we oui, we oui. now this... which is which is good because my very first job was as an interpreter at a French cooking school and I tell you you really have to learn oh, how to speak French uh, fast no, and I have done that I have been in French cooking schools where there was a translator and it's not an easy job I happen to know and sometimes with some of the translators I listened to weren't very good but since we didn't know it didn't matter. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. It just didn't matter. Well, in my first wine class that I had to translate, I, I made a mistake over and over again. And in the middle of the class, I realized my mistake, and I had to stop the class and say, I'm so sorry. That's but every story. time I said X, I actually meant Y. <laughs> now, so I love it. So you flew back, and you would temp, and then you would make some money, and you would go back. Yeah. And where were you living at those times? Had you had found an apartment? Were you living... No, live in kind of place to place. Okay, now, see, you needed those bags of stuff you left in New York on the ground. Which, by the way, is probably still in someone's living room. That's called a garage sale in New York, isn't it? I mean, that's exactly... I'm sure someone's still using your duds. All right. Now, when did JP enter the marketplace? Um, The second year I was there... I was actually living with a French family in the suburbs, a, a nice. woman a woman who had two teenage kids who she wanted absolutely to speak English, not that they wanted to. So it was for me a place to live, and I moved in, and a, an American friend of mine moved in with her boyfriend, and he was living in this big, huge communal house with like 10, 12 people who would change all the time. Yes. Like a 10-minute walk in the next suburb town over, weirdly enough. So I used to go and hang out with her, and that's where I saw Jean-Pierre. Oh, across the room? Across the room. Did you fall madly in love with him? I, well, no. He was the first, yeah, no, <laughs> yes. yes, he was the oh first, pers- first person ever, and I was 26, 27. The first person I'd ever looked at, and before I even got to know him, I said, I could marry him. <gasps> See, this is, now I have to tell you. Yeah. Same thing with Kenny, my Kenny. We went on one date and halfway through dinner, and I'd been divorced for 14 years from my first husband, and I had a wonderful life, and I, you know, I was not planning on ever getting married again because it was so much fun the first time that I just didn't think I could top that. And so (laughs) I, but halfway through dinner, seriously, we're out on our first date, I thought, I'm going to marry this guy. And I thought, he doesn't know it, but I'm going to marry him. And you know what? Isn't he the luckiest man in the world? <laughs> and yours too. 
Well, it's it's this is the cultural thing because, um, as it turns out, I felt that way about him. He felt that way about me. But like five months went by where we didn't talk to each other, and we thought we were convinced that. because it's cultural signals that we didn't like each other. I see. And so my friend felt bad for me, so she introduced me to somebody else who happened to be, and I hope Jean-Pierre doesn't listen to this. He won't. um, Who was a a journalist stationed in Nigeria for the French press agency. Wow. And so she introduced me to this guy, and he said, come down and join me in Nigeria. (gasps) And so I... He bought me a ticket. Now we're getting to the naughty parts, just in case anybody's confused. Okay. And so I went back, and um, at that point, my friend, and this was all happening in a very short period of time, my friend, for some reason, decided that, no, she preferred me with Jean-Pierre. So she was going to still try and set me up with Jean-Pierre. And so she created this kind of situation. Why am I telling this whole story? I, because I, and, I'm dying for it. I, and she's told me some of this before, but I'd had too much to drink. So now I'm sober and I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. So basically, we, all the four of us went to a party. Her boyfriend and the four of us went to a party. And it came out that I was leaving one week later to go join this guy in Nigeria. And um, that's where, when Jean-Pierre told me that, no, I should stay with him. Okay. See, now girls that are listening that are younger... You think it's you're never going to meet Mr. Right, okay? And even if you're old and you, you've already <laughs> married Mr. Wrong, you can still meet Mr. Right across the room and hopefully have an incredibly invasive girlfriend like Jamie who set you up. That is so darling. But I did go to Nigeria. <gasps> Oh, he must. This, there's smoke coming out of his ears. Yeah. Well, that sealed the deal, didn't it? And yeah, so I came. Well, I actually went back and forth twice, but that's another story for another podcast. Okay, this now it's really getting good. And then there's okay. the, the yeah. American ambassador, and there's uh, it's like okay, now Jamie, you don't have to show off about your boyfriend. Like, no, now. it's like you know, you live this really boring life, which I did for a long time, and you just have this kind of your crazy is intensified and packed into like six months, and that's it. <laughs> Now, I'll tell yeah, you. But then First I came back all, and I And you came it. back. Well, I actually but then... I you have to, to tell them, and if not, I remember it. When Jean-Pierre kind of said, I want to be with you, mm-hmm. and I have sowed my wild oats, you said oh, to him... right. No, that was... Okay, that was after I came back to, to join him, but then I had to go back to Florida because my oh. dad got sick. Oh, dear. Okay. And, um, and so, well, I'd been helping taking care of him every time I'd go back, but he was at the end. And so I went back and, no, right before I left, Jean-Pierre and I were walking down the street to go to the supermarket. And in the front, on the sidewalk in front of the supermarket, he turned to me and he said, I've done it all. I've sowed my wild oats. I've tried absolutely everything. I've lived that crazy wildness. And now I'm ready to settle down and have children and I want to have them with you. (gasps) And I said, I won't have children without being married. And he said, whatever you want. Because she said, I'm a nice Jewish girl. You have to marry me. And so we went into the supermarket to the produce aisle. And I turned around. I said, just to be sure, does that mean we're getting married? And he said, yes. Okay. Now, here's another life lesson for people that are learning. (laughs) You see, you only have negotiating powers, girls, in the beginning. Okay? If you are already married, forget it. You know, I mean, it becomes a dead deal. Okay? You took the bait. You're done. But... In those crucial moments before you marry them, this is a you gotta you gotta make ground rules. This is fabulous. It's such a fabulous story. Now tell us about how many years have you been married? 
um, about 1,432. Yes. When the earth was cooling, Jamie and JP got married. You have two no, beautiful 30, sons. Yeah, how, how 32, 32? 32, oh in my 1987 God. we got married. Yeah. 30? Yeah, two I sons. don't know. That's yeah, a lot. That's a lot. And you have two beautiful sons. Yeah. And how old are your sons? 29 and 31. <laughs> I know, I know. I, know. We, I yeah. shouldn't have made her say that out loud. That's, <laughs> I'm still only 39. I know that because she was, it was, it was, it, lucky le gastronomie. It was all magic. Now, when you wrote your book, now, it's because Jamie and I share the same agent, Martha Hopkins. Mm -hmm. So when Jamie wrote Orange Appeal, I knew it would be great. And, you know, I'd, I know she'd sign the contract. But I happen to know that I really, what I want to read is Jamie's own book about your life. I want to read your memoir. Are you still working on it? But yes. I know it's been hard since you bought the hotel, which, by the way, Jamie sometimes has workshops there. She's, it's a beautiful place. I hope to go there sometime soon. Many of our friends have gone to visit Jamie and been at the hotel. It's yes. beautiful. Yeah. And it's a beautiful part of France. And you can get there on the train, can't you, sweetheart? Isn't it oh, pretty yeah. easy to get to the train? Yeah. But I want Jamie to write her memoir or about her life because, and about the hotel. Because you must have stories from being in the hotel now that is just... But your busy season is what? From February to November? No, from a, April through October. Okay. Yeah. But when you're working, you're working every day yeah. like crazy hours. Yeah. And what do you do to be an innkeeper? You have to tell us. Besides, you make world... World-famous world jam. World-famous jam. I make the jam because it's been a tradition. We're the fourth wow. owners of the hotel. <gasps> It was found, it was created in the 60s, and each of the owners have always made the That's, jam on the premises for breakfast. Oh my God. And so when we were going to buy the hotel, they said, under the condition that you continued the tradition. And I'd never made jam before. I was just going to say, had you ever made jam before? No. And I said... Well, you'd never spoken French before either. <laughs> and look, it worked out fine. It I, I learned how to make jam in two weeks. Oh, okay. And now I make 1,300 jars oh, a year. Oh, I know you do. Yeah. I followed the jam. <laughs> I think the jam she had its own Facebook page, actually. Yeah. So, but what do you do on a daily basis being an innkeeper? Day to day, we have a staff of, a permanent staff of five okay. and a sixth uh, in season. Okay. Um, we, uh, personally, my day is I wake up around 5, 5.15 every morning, seven days a week. I'm downstairs only because I like. Time I know, to come. yeah, I absolutely. Like, you know, I like I'm the same in the morning. Now, see, I'm I'm yeah. up at five and because oh why? Because it's quiet time. Yeah. I don't have to respond to anyone. Yeah. I feed my dogs. I have tea. Yeah. I like the quiet. Yeah. And I'm downstairs by six thirty, between six twenty six thirty. I set up for breakfast. Lovely. Um, at seven thirty, uh, uh, one of our team comes to help me in the morning to help me with breakfast. We serve breakfast, which is very, very intense during season because it can be up to 45, 50 people. I'm sure. In, now, you know, now, you're talking about like eggs too? No, I mean, no, 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 no. Okay. It's, but it's, it's all local local artisanal products. So fabulous. So we kind of highlight the local specialties. So they have jam and croissants and yeah. fruit and yogurt. And the local goat cheeses. Local goat cheeses, and lovely. And local riette, which is a pork spread, oh. which is a local specialty sure, as sure, well. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yogurts, fruit salad, which oh, okay. we, we make on premises, okay. things like that. It's a lot. Yeah. Oh, it's a nice, it's a traditional it sounds, French breakfast. Yeah, it yeah. sounds fantastic. And But we do table service. So there's a buffet, but we serve certain things Got at the it. table. So we do that until the end of breakfast, and then I stay and clean up because the person who helps me goes to do the rooms. Of course. 
And so uh, in season, I usually finish around 12, 12.30. And then I go and I verify all the rooms as the girls clean them. So gotcha. I verify them before the new clients come Perfect. in. Perfect. Afternoons are Don't mine. you have to do... Oh, good. Don't, but who does but all the marketing? What we do. Yes. So certain days of the week, we have to go to the, to the, to do the shopping. Sure. The hotel. Um, I make jam. And jam is predictable and unpredictable so when it's pear season for example we call our producer the, the guy who we're a pear region so we okay. go to one of the local oh, very lovely and we'll he'll say okay i have pears until november and so we'll choose to go when we go and get them gotcha. but there's other days where people show up at our door with 30 kilos of green tomatoes or 10 pumpkins or wow okay you know 30 kilos of green gauge plums and so then i don't have a choice i'm making jam for the next five days straight you yeah. should write a jam cookbook, shouldn't you? I'm, I should be. I'm supposed to be, and Martha's waiting for the, oh, the she proposal. Be, you know what's funny? And Martha will listen to this. She's waiting for a proposal for me, too. Oh. She got, in the time that Martha's waited for this proposal, she got married, <laughs> changed houses, bought a house, moved twice. But the thing is, is that actually when I bought the hotel, I signed with Martha because I want to write a memoir about the yes. hotel. Yes, yes. Um, and I ended up doing Orange Appeal because it was just too soon oh, I know. To, I to do what I need. I know. But I have been writing down Good. stories. And I also want to write the memoir about my coming to France. That's, that's exactly, I think and that's how the I ticket. Ended up there. Yeah, honey, which absolutely. Is, which, is, which is more complicated because I'm trying to figure out how personal I get. I t- listen. Yeah. <sighs> Tell me about it. Sometimes when I write things for the memoir, of course, I've only been writing my memoir for, memoir for 20 years, yes. so, you know. I mean, what's the hurry, right? I'm going to be dead before that memoir gets finished. We'll come and we'll find it in find the living room. Find it. City knows where it all it. is. Just put it, throw the shit together in a bag and somebody will print it. No. Now, I sent out a proposal, Martha sent out a proposal last year. We got one really incredible nibble very quickly, and mm-hmm. as quickly as they bit, they quickly threw it back in the, like a fish. Mm-hmm. They said, no, we're not going to do it after all. Mm-hmm. But after that happened, I decided, though they said they liked the writing, it was, you know, big publisher, blah, blah, blah. There wasn't negative things. I know this, Jamie, at the moment, they really are only looking for famous people's memoirs. Do you know what I mean? I mean, very much so. Well, they I'm make... not famous? Well, you are to me, <laughs> in my own mind. But <laughs> I have to tell you, it's... Okay, I think that they're organic. I think they should be whatever you want it to be. I know for me, since they rejected it, when I went back to it, and some of it's still very usable, but I realized something, that I wasn't in it enough. Do you know what I mean? I needed to be in it more to make it, and I don't think that at the time, I, I would much rather prefer to talk about other people Yeah. and what's wrong with them than looking at... Who mentioned Sandra Lee? God damn it, that girl comes up all the time. Those bitches I've worked with. See, it's a good thing I hang out with you when you're drunk because I get the real stories. I know. <laughs> you're, you're getting the cleaned up model today, aren't you? But anyway, it's I, I'm interested. And you know what? I don't think that they have an expiration date. I think that the way you write, and because I think you're a fabulous writer, Jamie, when you're done, you'll do it. Yeah. That's all. When you and right now, if you don't have time while you're doing the, ho, you know, the hotel, you won't always be doing the hotel. Or when you have your free time, you'll get back to it and you'll do more. As long as you keep a little diary, 
that's what you need. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes Cindy says to me, I never heard that story when I asked Cindy to take the first pass at something that I've written. She says, I've never heard that in 20 years. I said, you know what? I found the paragraph that I wrote about it like, I found mm-hmm. it literally in a box. Some of it's handwritten. I Sometimes I find little scraps of paper and think, oh yes, I remember that day. Or I get a picture from someone and that jogs my memory and then I can write about it. That's funny because you should see my desk at home the little scraps of paper yes. with scribbling on it are piled up. And you know over. what? They're going to be worth millions. I know. <laughs> We're sure of it. Now, what else? Okay, I made Jamie tell personal things. Please look for her book, Orange Appeal, on Amazon.com. And the big question, Cindy. Cindy is right. Here is the question, young lady. Miss put all her stuff out on the street corner <laughs> and moved to France. Which is fat, which you know... Right before this started, Jamie said something. She goes, you know, I never think I was a risk taker. Now, I think if you've just listened to this, you realize she is a risk taker. She didn't think she was being a risk taker, but she was being very much being a risk taker. What would you tell your younger self, if you could, Jamie, about... Because you're not, you know, you're certainly a youngster still, but you're mature, which is code for old in Hollywood, but... no. At your age, yeah. when you look back to that 25 or 26-year-old woman or 22-year-old woman, what might you tell them? That you have to take risks, that there is fear in risk-taking because you never know what's on the other side. That's right. You never know what's going to happen. But as I've said, because we have taken so many risks. And you and your so husband, absolutely. We've changed careers so many times and changed cities and just picked up and started over. And luckily, our sons have picked this up from us, um, even though they complained a lot while they were growing up. But basically, if the way I look at it, if you're a good person and you're a smart person and you take the risk, you will always fall on your feet. See, I couldn't agree with you more. That is so well said. I also think, and this is a friend was saying to me about, uh, she, she was going on and on about what she didn't do. Mm-hmm. So those choices, you know, now it was such a good thing. I said, you made those choices a long time ago. Let it go. I think that you can't, you do what you can. I think life turns out the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, but I do think you have to take some risks and you have to know who you are and what you want and see what you, when you tell me about your story, New York, you awakened one day and said, this isn't working for me. Yeah. So instead of just complaining about it for two years, do you know what I mean? At this, I, you know, you I've come across so many people since then uh, who've said, oh, I wish I could too, See, but I can't. Yes, you could have, but they and didn't. it's like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can. That's exactly Because right. their excuse is always, oh, I have a job that I can't live oh, no. Or oh, I have yeah. kids. Or I have, or no. whatever it is. And I, tell I have you, a when my older son, When my older son left, uh, graduated college, and moved to, to Senegal in Africa, I said, really? And he said... It's your own fault. You Good gave for a, you him. gave us the world. And thank you, young lady, because you gave us the world again today. <laughs> I love that. I'm so glad to see you, Jamie. Thank I'm you so much for doing today, this. Yeah. And okay, I think that's it. I think we want to go to the our Facebook page, Women Beyond at iCloud.com. Or that's our email, isn't it, Miss City? Just <laughs> if you you're all smart. Figure it out, okay? And we do have a website now called Women Beyond a Certain Age. I know. Talk about catchy, huh? So thank you and thanks, Jamie. And bye bye. Bye bye.